welcome back to the second episode of Rural Faith and Apologetics podcast, and I am your host, Jess Robinson, and I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. We had pretty much a quiet weekend here in in Powell, and so this week is an interesting episode because it is a topic that is familiar to me, and I hold it dear to my heart and prayer life, and the topic is dealing with prodigals. For those of you that don't know that term, it comes from Luke chapter 15 in the parable of the lost son that Jesus tells about. Now, we don't know if the parable is explaining a real-life event that happened, but the parable was told to demonstrate a point about lost people, and there's so much we can glean from that parable today. We really don't realize how much Hollywood and entertainment works from this parable. For example, I recently watched a movie called Forsaken, starring Donald Sutherland and his son Kiefer Sutherland. It had been on my watch list for some time, and I just finally decided to watch it by myself because my husband is not into westerns. So the movie deals with John Henry Clayton, who is played by Kiefer Sutherland, who comes home, and he has been gone for 10 years, first having left for the Civil War but did not return after the war, Instead, he lived a different life of gunslinging, and his father is um, Reverend Samuel Clayton, played by Donald Sutherland, and he comes out when his son comes home, and he informs his son that his mother's dead and heads back to the house, and essentially the movie deals with John and his father having to reconcile the past hurt, all the while dealing with some town bullies. You know, and we find out John does not believe in God, but wants to reconcile with his dad because that is what his mom wanted. And throughout the movie, John's father reveals about praying for his son to come back home changed and expresses his frustration and questions of what went wrong when raising John. And throughout the movie, without spoiling it, we do see a change in John that as he deals with guilt from the past and feeling like he could not be forgiven. And that's just one example. It doesn't follow the parable of the lost son to the T, but we do see it throughout entertainment and in Hollywood and doing their own spin on this parable. And as I said last week, you know, this, my uncle came back from the Navy, an atheist, and I have family members that grew up in the church but have since gone their own way. They're living their own life. Some don't don't even have contact with me. And being in ministry, you see parents who did all they could with raising their kids to live a Christian life, but those kids have gone their own way once they've grown up. And even as a youth pastor, I see that where some kids, we've worked with them for years, even from sixth grade up to their senior year. I had some who I was a kid's church leader when they were in elementary school, and they still are not living for the Lord. They've decided to go their own way. And so this episode is dealing with parents with their kids who are not following the Christian life. And what I do mean by being a Christian is when an individual has put their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and has surrendered their life to him. And as I said before, we're going to talk about mainly with parents and their kids, but it can be used in other ways. There's spouses dealing with a spouse who may have been walking with the Lord at some point and now they're not. I have some friends that that are going through that and they're 
in their own marriages. You know, there's also young adults who see their friends that were in youth group with them. They went to camp together and then they all go their separate ways. And years later, they come back and they see their friend who was in youth group, who was at camp and, and may have walked up to the altar, not living for the Lord in their adult life. So there's so many other variations that can happen of, of prodigals. So what do we do when we have done all we can for our youth, yet they decide not to follow Jesus? Something I won't be going into is today is the deconstruction and deconversion that has been happening. We see that all throughout TikTok, throughout entertainment, several top Christian leaders, maybe entertainment artists who renounce their faith. We're not going to go into that today. That will be a future episode. And so I'm going to read the parable of the lost son found in Luke 15 verses 11 through 32. And it said, then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together journey to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired Servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to them, to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed against your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Right off, when you look at the contents 
context of where this parable is placed in Luke 15, there's a series of parables that Jesus is telling that all deal with something that is lost. There's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. It essentially shows the value that God places on lost people. In this parable, we notice that this man has two sons. And we're going to really start off with the younger one who makes his father give him his portion portion of his inheritance. I've worked in the legal sector, handling probates and estates, and beneficiaries never get their inheritance until someone dies. For the younger son to take his portion of his inheritance essentially meant he was forsaking his own family. We find out in the passage he squanders his inheritance on worldly living. Now, not all prodigals that leave the church go out and just party until they are broke. Some just leave the faith, focused more on their careers, focused on living their own life. What it is, is God is just not at the center of their life anymore. And the Lord becomes nothing to them. They forsake their faith for something of the world. So, we have the prodigal who ends up wanting his inheritance. And we see here with the father, he could have said no, yet he doesn't. We see that he lets his son go. In fact, when you look at this parable compared to the other two parables, the the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep, they had someone searching for what is lost. This one, the father doesn't go seeking for his son. And this is the first point I want to make. It's something that I've had to learn as a youth pastor and even with my own family members who are living their own their own life they've wandered away from the faith and and parents I want you to hear this we do all we can to raise up our kids to have a steadfast faith in Jesus and hope that they will continue on the legacy when they leave yet we have to let them go and let them make their own choice so what the father does is he guided but did not force his sons to conform. And it's just like when a kid learns how to ride a bike, you start off with training wheels, and at some point, those training wheels have to go off of the bike in order for the kid to learn how to ride, to gain their balance in order to ride this bike. And see, we were made with free will. God is with us, and he gives us options to go down the right path. But ultimately, we have to make the choice to go down the right path. And we are called to be obedient when it comes to raising our kids to live for Christ. Yet it can only be through God and the Holy Spirit where those changes happen in those kids. So we're obedient, but we have to trust and just let God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus deal with our kids, with our youth, and let them do the changes. Something we're going to feel when a kid is living a prodigal life is shame. And that's something I have seen with some parents, even with myself as a youth pastor, even with even family members who are not living the faith, is we feel shame. Sometimes we go, what did I do wrong? And that's something that the enemy tries to do is bring shame, hoping he can trip us up. Yet in those moments, you can go to the Lord who does not bring shame. 
you know, we're not perfect. And if we're not, if you find out you weren't perfect in a certain area, then we have the Lord. We have an advocate who's there for us when we confess those, those sins and those faults to him. And he's not going to bring us shame. In those times, we can reflect on God's promises for our families, for our youth, for our kids, and declare them over that time and just be praying. And what we see with the father in this situation is that even though the son had gone away, he still had compassion for his son. And we see in this passage that he forgave his son and didn't stop loving him. And when we look at this passage, it spells out that God has love for those who are lost. We still need to love the prodigals in our life. They aren't our enemy. There's an enemy, unseen enemy dealing with those prodigals. But yet we're supposed to still continue to love the prodigals in our life, even though they have lost their way. And our compassion is going to stir us to pray for them and, and pray that they would repent, that they would have restoration, that they would have a relationship with with Jesus and, and continue on this legacy of, of living for Jesus and raising their own kids to worship the Lord and worship Jesus in their life. And a question some have asked is, do we talk to our prodigals about how they are living, especially if there is sin involved? Part of love is speaking the truth to someone, even if it may hurt. The thing we have to do though, is be guided by the Holy Spirit when we do so. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6 that we are to do so with a spirit of gentleness. The thing I have found is when I know I need to talk to somebody who is living in sin, is I pray about it. I go to the Lord about it first and let him guide and direct me. And if it's me that's supposed to talk to them, I know that the Holy Spirit will open that door. And what I've found is that that person has invited me to come to talk to them. And for some of the situations, the Holy Spirit has started convicting this person in their heart. And for me to come and talk to them is a confirmation that, that they are hearing from the Lord that this is something they need to deal with in their life. Others, not so. And sometimes it doesn't end well. But because they have invited me in, I knew I was doing so in good timing. So continuing on in this parable, we see that the father welcomes the lost son when he finally comes home. And we need to keep ourselves open to the prodigals in our life. You still can have boundaries in order to keep from being tempted, but you can still keep your door open for them when they need you. And we see also when the son comes back, the father celebrates. He gives a grand feast. Celebrate when your prodigal makes their way back. You know, God celebrates when the lost find their way to Jesus, and we should celebrate too. And it can be hard, especially if there was hurt involved. Yet that's where the forgiveness comes in. And something I want to say, though, is sometimes we pray for somebody who's lost to find Jesus and they do. And sometimes we get this misconceived notion that they're going to be a hundred percent what we expect them to be when they come to Jesus, that, that they're going to 
be right on track with Jesus. They're going to be like reading their Bible every day. They're going to be praying to the Lord. And still, that may not be true. They may come to Jesus and they, they're going to be like baby Christians again. And they're going to essentially have to walk that faith out and and start with the reading all over again. Start with praying and they're going to have to work the things that they had in their life, the worldly things in their life out. And so that is something that we need to take into consideration. But we still celebrate with them. We celebrate the, with them their milestones when they get baptized, when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they read the Bible through a year. Go ahead and celebrate each milestone with them. Before we finish out, I just want to shift our attention to the second son for a moment. We go through this parable and he is seen as the faithful one because he stayed behind and was obedient. Yet his attitude toward his brother is where he goes wrong. He gets mad because a celebration is made for for the son who was lost. And we can be like that brother if we're not careful. We can get so caught up in our faithfulness to God, going to church on Sunday, going to Bible study, being a part of the worship team, that we kind of get judgmental towards the prodigals in our life that do finally accept Jesus. And it's also parents something to look at with your own kids, because if you have multiple siblings and you have one that goes wayward, and the other is being faithful, the one that is being faithful can sometimes harbor hurt feelings toward their sibling. And so you have to sit and work with them on those emotions and dealing with that hurt as well. Because you see in this where he said, this son of yours, he essentially was not having anything to do with his brother anymore. And so that is something we have to think about with our own kids. And it's something that the Lord has had to deal with my heart in that area, saying, well, if this family member did come to the Lord, how would you feel about that? Would you be celebrating or would you be judgmental? And so that is something that the Lord has had to deal with my heart as well. And the father in this scenario, despite this other son being angry, he comes towards the same son as he was toward the lost son. He comes with compassion. He comes with mercy and grace. He meets his son halfway and lets him know that, that he loves him, that he's been, you know, he's had the same inheritance that his brother has had. And so, and that he hasn't been forgotten. And so that is something that is really great is about that father as well was he didn't compare sons. He met them halfway in their own needs. And so to sum up this episode, this is what we can do with the prodigals in our lives. Provide a caring biblical model, you know, continue to provide that biblical model, even if they walk away. Sometimes our own actions is what's going to bring them back and you know, to Jesus. We can guide our kids, but we cannot force them to conform to our own beliefs. And 
in the end, they have to make this relationship with Jesus their own. They can't make it based on their own parents' faith. It has to be their own. We give room for them to fail and a place to return. And even when they are young, before they even leave the home, giving them room to fail and a place to return is going to help our kids in their faith. Extend mercy and grace and forgive and restore. And so that's it for this week's podcast. It's probably a little bit shorter than I anticipated. But next week, we are going to go look at the results of a Pew Research study that found a stunning proportion of Americans report interacting with dead relatives through dreams and other means. So what does the Bible have to say about that? We'll look at that next week. So have a great week.